welcome to the 29th episode of Mega Ten Marathon. Uh, it's a game-by-game -game journey through the Shimigami Tensei and Persona titles. I'm Paul M. Davis, and who am I here with? I'm Alex Dorada-Wolf. And I'm Elisa Jane. Welcome back, guys. And, uh, yeah, so uh, this episode, we're uh, starting out with... Um, Devil Summoner, not Devil Summoner Soul Hackers, but instead, <laughs> Devil Summoner uh, Raidu Kuzunoha versus the Soulless Army, which uh, is the third game in the series. Uh, it followed up the uh, release of Soul Hackers, um, which was released for the Saturn and uh, the PlayStation, but not brought over to he over to America until the 3DS. Uh, this actually came to uh, the PlayStation 2 um, upon its uh, release. It was kind of like part of the um, massive influx of SMT games that came out on PlayStation 2. There was like a ton that came out then and not a ton that have come up since. So, um, But it's... Pretty interesting. This is a kind of a departure from uh, a lot of the other games that we've done, and um, you know, SMT games prior and to a certain degree since, in that it's uh, more of an action RPG. And um, yeah, so the mechanics are pretty different um, in really interesting ways. Um, so yeah, do you want to start us out, Elisa? Kinda. Yep. Sure. No problem. So, uh, what makes this game, uh, pretty separate from other SMT titles is that it takes place in a very earlier era, in the early 1900s, the Taisho era, which is, of course, the period where, um, you had the, uh, uh shift of political power, you know, uh, and it kind of brought in a lot of the modern era of Japan because this was, like, post-Meiji restoration, so what's cool about this game is you see, like, that very old-world, like, Japanese style, but then you see a lot of, like, uh, I guess at that time, the more modern, like, Western styles, too. And that's reflected in uh, both the setting in terms of the newer buildings, uh, contrast with the older buildings, and also the, the fashion. Uh, including, of course, the main character, uh, Raido uh, Kusunoha, and, you know, um, the detective that he works under... Who they both wear like, uh, well, Raido wears that kind of traditional uh, Japanese uniform that was inspired by Western uh, uniforms. And then the detective, he wears like an actual Western suit. Uh, so the Taisho era was between, in real life, 1912 to 1926. Uh, so it was about 15 years. But what's interesting is that in-game, it takes place in the 20th year of the Taisho era, which is something that's actually a plot point, you know, it's later addressed uh, in the game. So, sorry about that. I just want to <laughs> give you a little uh, background before we begin. Yeah, um, this is actually a, a period uh, in Japanese uh, art and history that I'm pretty into, personally. Uh, I'm a big fan of 20th century Japanese literature, and uh, th this game uh, it's right along the lines with the themes that um, a lot of the writers then were dealing with, largely about the conflict between um, you know the new Western influences coming about as a result of the uh, Meiji Restoration uh, and more traditional Japanese values. Uh, 
as well as the uh, rising nationalism that would uh, eventually lead into the Showa period in World War II. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I really love stuff uh, set in this time and about this time. It's great stuff. It is. <laughs> and as a really, I love like the, the, the style of it in this period, like the actual mix of Eastern and Western. It's just, it's really great. And I think they did a great job of that. And uh, this game is one of my favorite parts about this game, really. This game has yeah, style a, to burn. Like. Yeah, it is. It is a good looking game. It yeah. is. <laughs> so let's see. So um, this game, uh, in terms of the mechanics, is uh, very, very different from uh, pretty much any other Shin Megami Tensei game. In the sense it doesn't follow turn-based RPG stylings. It's an uh, action RPG. So... Um, you know, basically, uh, Raido has two main attacks. He can either use his Akana to, sorry, Katana to use, um, you know, basic physical attacks on enemies. And he also has a gun, which the gun is used to target weaknesses, usually like elemental. And then, uh, you know, then you can score critical hits on your enemy. Uh, you start actually learning these mechanics as you go through the game's tutorial, which is actually set up as his, uh, I guess his pre-coronation test in order for him to earn the title of, uh, Raido Kusunoha, which is a title that's passed on to each successful, uh, heir of, you know, that agency and, uh, the, you know, of their bit of that family's abilities in terms of being a demon summoner and having the resources and stuff. So, you know, basically as you're progressing, you're learning more about the combat system. So I stated that there were two types of attacks. Uh, what happens is with demons, uh, instead of demon negotiations in this game, you... In order to capture demons, you have to first uh, weaken them. You have to get them in a state where you've targeted their weakness, usually with their gun, with uh, Rydal's gun. And then once you've gotten them in a state of, like, stun, you actually go up to them and you start, like... It's like you press the circle button and you're actually, like, kind of rapidly pressing it to sort of subdue them. And if you manage to do that, you trap them in one of Rydal's tubes and now you can summon that demon. So, and then when you do that, you can uh, have the demon automatically summoned when you start battles, and they'll aid you with their attacks. You can do combination attacks with them, and you start building up their loyalty. Uh, in this game, unlike Soul Hackers, loyalty is uh, mainly a mechanic for fusion. Fusion generally really works when the demon's loyalty is maxed out. And luckily, it doesn't take long to do it maybe about 10 or so battles and then they usually maxed out and then you'll be free to you know fuse them uh, and let's see we can get into the fusion mechanics a little bit later but so you know as you're progressing you complete objectives as announced by this uh, elder uh, and it culminates in a boss battle uh, once you defeat her um, the demon she's not very hard you know you just targeting weaknesses and such um, you meet this, uh, cat, a <laughs> uh, Goto, yes, <laughs> so, and the cat basically is now Rydal's partner, essentially, um, and then, you know, you meet the, after that, you meet the herald of, uh, Yatagarasu, uh, which is a three-legged crow in, uh, Japanese, like, Shinto mythology, uh, basically, Yatagarasu is, uh, uh, 
it's a it's basically it represents uh guidance specifically yeah um uh it's particularly relevant to uh this period with the uh, the growing nationalism as uh with uh, the growing nationalism in Japan because uh, one of the few places uh in like uh mythology that uh, Yatagarasu does show up is uh, it serves as a guide for Jimu, who is uh, the first uh, emperor of Japan in their mythology, and became a very important figure uh, with um, in uh, the nationalism that then uh, took hold uh, around this time and afterwards. Uh, yeah, like a kind of Japan's version of imperial manifest destiny, like we're destined to control Asia. Uh, a lot of that stems from the legends. Uh, so he became a very important uh, when he hadn't really been. Uh, throughout exactly so it's it's interesting how well they tie that in you know uh yeah Tagarasu matches very well with this uh game in terms of you know as was pointed out uh japan's general history and the themes of this game so um after you know you meet the herald you basically end up um meeting up with a detective um of this the of narumi detective narumi uh, the detective agency that Raido now has to work with, and basically it helps him gain information from the people so he can actually do his own investigations, which is like, you know, supernatural things. Um, and as the game progresses, it cuts to Narumi, um, who receives a call from a, a girl who wants him to, who wants him to uh, meet her at a bridge. And so Raido and Narumi end up heading out. Uh, she ends up stating that she wants them to kill her, and before she can really explain why, some crazy red, uh, dressed dudes in, like, kind of mass, whatever, they show up, uh, you can try to fight them, it's a hopeless boss battle, they're way too strong, and they end up grabbing her, and, uh, it leaves behind her butterfly pendant, and then that ties up the tutorial... And you go into the first episode of uh, this game. So now, of course, you're investigating her disappearance and, of course, trying to find out what she was saying. Why did she say she wanted to die? You know, her family, things like that. Um, so you start to learn how to use demon skills outside of battle, uh, which is demonstrated by some detective you come across. Basically, outside of battle, um, certain demons have certain abilities that they can use. For instance, uh, the one that you receive in the tutorial part of the game, uh, his ability is Ignite, which sort of ignites a person's soul and sort of motivates them into a certain action. And that's usually either giving you like more information, an item, stuff like that. So that helps you in terms of garnering more information in your investigations. Uh, and then you also learn because of that from the detective that the butterfly pendant is the Daidoji uh, family crest, which is, of course, the family that this girl belongs to. So let's see. So at this point, we could talk about uh, the Goma Den, which is where you're going to be doing your demon fusion. What's interesting is that in this game, um, the Goma Den is, is, um, is manned by uh, Victor, who is obviously a reference to Victor Frankenstein from, you know, those novels, <laughs> those very famous yeah. novels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is um, 
the game where it has made the most sense by far for the whole Frankenstein theming of this thing, because that the whole story there is about uh, modernization and industrialization. So it's like, yeah, of course, like uh, bringing that character into a game dealing with those themes makes sense. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I'll just like, I'll just like, yeah, uh, Igor's here with these Japanese high school kids. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> But here it's like, no, this is a perfectly reasonable thing that totally makes sense. <laughs> and uh, his look in this game is very traditional Frankenstein, mad scientist, just like from the, uh, like the old, uh, I think it's pr- particularly from the uh, the Universal uh, Frankenstein movie by uh, James Whale yes. uh, in the 30s, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's just real traditional Frankenstein stuff. Like you fuse the, the demons, like he does the whole like uh, lightning thing. They raise up in cages and then lightning strikes it. It's, it's very, very classic. It is. I really like that style as well. It was a nice touch. Um, and you learn about four uh, different fusion types in this game, which is interesting. Uh, you have your normal, which is you basically fuse two separate demons. Um, the order of the demons determines your results. You have identical. Oh, it does? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <I> do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> so then you have identical. Um, this is when, of course, you're fusing demons from the same order, and you always get skill or pagan order demons from this. Then you have unstable, which are um, demons that are too hard for Victor to handle. Um, usually this uses skill order demons. Uh, and this and it results in an unstable fusion. Inverted is similar to stable, but instead of skill, you use pagan order. The unknown factor here is that you don't know what skills are going to be inherited when you use it. So, uh, basically, I think when you first start off, you have access to, um... Well, actually, no, you have... I think you would have access to all four, but of course your pool of uh, demons is limited, I believe. I think you. Uh, I think you just start out with the regular fusion. Yeah. Uh, I remember unlocking the uh, one of them at some point. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so then you know, once you get down those fusion mechanics, at this point, you're probably only gonna have like two so demons, unless you were being super diligent and like really grinding. So. Uh, yeah, this game uh, does have random encounters basically everywhere. Yes. <laughs> um, um, for some reason. Uh, like, it, it bothers to have, like, oh, there's a separate demon version of the city. Um, but no, the demons are attacking you just when you're walking around the regular <laughs> streets with regular people just all the time. Exactly. So I, I found that very funny. And yes, actually, that is a good point, too. Um, in this game, you also do traverse sort of the the demon parallel to the regular uh, verse. And that's usually where the more uh, supernatural going-ons are happening. And because Raido has that title, that's why he's allowed to actually go into that realm when normally you can't. But yeah, it is pretty hilarious because you still encounter demons walking down a quiet, peaceful area in Japan, so... (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's worth it. I think it's worth saying that, like, you know, it's a, um, the mechanics are, like, it's definitely an action RPG, mm-hmm. but it's very, very finicky and, like, very timing-based yeah. in a way that, like, this was not, like, polished up by, uh, Platinum or, like, as far as, like, you know, having, like, you know, really, like, dialed in action elements. Yeah. And there's you... certain things where, 
you know, the finickiness of the encounters. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, well, was that a failure of my play style or was that some kind of other mechanic? You know, as as you become like more uh, familiar with different demons and different like battles and different types, um, that becomes a little clearer. But yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, at first it's definitely kind of confusing. It, like it is all, a bit. For all the tutorial you do get, it's it's like, okay, um, I guess I hit it with my sword. <laughs> yeah, I found the tutorial incredibly hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, anyway. it definitely screams. You know, this was Atlas's uh, first try here with a with an action RPG in this sense. So you can mm-hmm. you can feel it here. It's not, like, bad, but like you said, it's not really polished. Like, it's not like you're playing, I don't know, Devil May Cry or Bayonetta or something like that, you know? Yeah, or yeah, so- <laughs> it's, it's very it's very of its era in terms of uh, your action RPGs, and honestly, even a lot smoother. <laughs> but it, I, it's functional. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't mean, really... Not- yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I found this game actually generally... Um, at least as far as I've gotten. Um, I don't know why, but I, I, I did not find anything I've run into challenge different for me because I'm bad at video games. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so at this point, um, yeah, after you uh, uh, leave the Goma Den and start exploring the area a bit more, you eventually uh, come across the family mansion and you meet uh, Kiyoshi, who's the mysterious girl's uncle. You also hear a bit about a family curse, uh, generally from the people themselves, and then you find out more as you progress. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that this is um, very much a kind of a, t- a walk around the city and talk to people kind of thing. Yes. Um, th- that's actually something I really do like about this game. Um, just um, the amount of kind of just interacting with characters around the town that you get is way higher than usual for an SMT game. That is true. Uh, mm-hmm. And like um, the fact that your demons have skills that you can use on, I I, I really like that. It brings a kind of advantage. I, I like in my RPG. Uh, the more text, uh, the more optional text in an RPG, the happier I am. <laughs> optional. That's the. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me read it. Let me choose to read it. <laughs> yeah, it all it also kind of plays into the um, kind of like detective theming because there's a fair amount of like. You know, you're just kind of like wandering around the town and being like, oh, I'm going to say, I kind of clue. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it, it's nice how they're, it's not like, oh, you're a detective, so fight a hundred monsters in a dungeon. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> like a detective does. It's like, no, you, you, you do investigate. Exactly. Things, and which is really cool. It is. And uh, actually, your demons, I think, I meant, forgot to mention this, but your demons can actually do a little bit, too. Like, if there's um, buildings, like, or stores or areas that are closed off, you can actually send your demons into those areas, and you get items, you get more information, things like that. So it's, it's cool that they actually layer it with not only you, but your demons help you with that detective work. Yeah. One thing I did just generally find very frustrating is, um, like, the map sucks. Yeah, it does. Where the hell am I? What is, <laughs> is, can I walk into this building? I don't know. I, I didn't find the Goma Den uh, for a while. Yeah. 
because I'm like, oh, it just looks like a background. Oh, no, this is a store. Oh, look, and the place I've used demons is in the basement. That is a good thing to know. <laughs> exactly. So, um, Kiyoshi explains that his brother, the head of the family, is sick. Uh, he explains more about their background. They're basically a very old and uh, powerful family. Uh, and the mysterious girl is the heir. And he basically hires, or formally hires Ryoto uh, to find her. So the butler, when you investigate more, the butler won't let you into a room. So, and I was just talking about this. This is where you officially learn the mechanic of sending your demon to investigate an area. But what's funny is that you learn it here, but you're able to do it earlier on when you're exploring. So, thought that was interesting. Um... And when your demon sneaks into the room, he gets a photo of the mysterious girl. Uh, then after that, you go back to town to find and talk to some of her classmates who direct you to meet another girl who knows her better. Uh, you find that person, but then she gets kidnapped by demons who take her into the dark realm. Uh, so then you go to the nameless uh, shrine to uh, enter the dark version. As we were talking about earlier, the dark uh, version of this world where, as I said, a lot of the supernatural happenings occur. Um, and, you know, so you have your mechanics, you have your save points. Uh, you have the Shikimi no Kage, which I believe those are like those special walls that you had to like fight in order to uh, unlock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just a weird little mechanic where like um, certain there are certain things you can't pass and then you have to enter into a fight and then you have to summon a demon who has the right element attack. Exactly. To damage the seal to get past. Oh, it. yes, because they only because they nullify every other element. So you ha have to yeah. summon the right demon to target its one weakness. Yeah. So you uh, you fall into a boss fight. Um, nothing too serious, you know, you get the, uh, you get the girl back, and then she tells you more of the Daijoji, uh, family curse. Uh, apparently, when, uh, girls in the family turn 16, a demon possesses them until they're killed. So, of course, that's probably why your, um, mysterious girl wanted to be killed because of that. She, the, the, the girl you're speaking to, she also says the mansion has a basement, so then you go to investigate it. Um, and at some point, you would, of course, acquire a demon, uh, Agathion, who has the inspect skill. And you use that in the storage room, which uh, points out some books. You take one out about demons. Uh, and, 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 you know, you read the information, opens a secret door to a cave. Uh, and then this is where you have a very, I don't want to say interesting, I guess weird encounter with a turtle monster. <laughs> who has the nerve to ask for wine, yeah, go through all the trouble to get it, um, by speaking to servants, they'll get the wine for you, you go get the wine, go back to the turtle, turtle takes the wine, then wants to fight you, and then wants some more alcohol after you beat the turtle, <laughs> yep. so you have to give him the pricey beer you find in one of the random rooms of the mansion, so after that, the turtle takes you across the river, finally, and you find a creepy jail cell. You use the inspectability again. Uh, you find Kaya's diary. It reveals that her uncle isn't dead and is being hounded by creditors. Um, it, also, it also extrapolates a bit more about the curse and that she woke up in uh, a certain prison cell 
And then on the way out, you get another boss fight. Also, really nothing serious. The boss fights in this area aren't that bad, as long as you've just been fighting your random encounters. So, nothing of a note there. Uh, and then afterwards, you eavesdrop on Kyoshi talking to his creditors, uh, which hints to some more complex supernatural dealings. You, and after all this, you finally go back to your agency and speak with Narumi about what to do next. And he, of course, tells you to talk to Kyoshi, which I find weird because it's just, why not just do that yourself? (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. I think the reason they do that is because you you have a fair, like the most difficult boss fight so so far right after this. So I think what this is the game doing is kind of hand-handedly telling you, hey, go back and save and fuse some demons or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, but it does feel really annoying when it's like, go talk to him. And then the guy, you talk to him, and he's like, you should go back and talk to the guy at the place you just were. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, you go and meet, uh, so then you go and confront uh, Kiyoshi, and he turns into some laser mouth. Uh, a ninja thing, you know. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's a like this. Uh, this cutscene of him transforming really reminded me of uh, the ones in the first Parasite Eve game when, <laughs> like, things flip out and turn into gross monsters. Uh, except this time, instead of like a weird bio terror thing, it's a weird ninja with a laser mouth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, let's see. So then, you know, you end up having a fight that thing (laughs) you go into the dark realm a mysterious voice vaguely menaces you and then you fight an eyeball monster (laughs) and the eyeball monster i don't remember being really much of an issue at all i think it had like one powerful like had like a tentacle attack right yeah it had like a swirly tentacle thing yeah Uh, and then it had this thing where it would shut its eye and you had to fight some goons at some really like um like level one boss design of like oh you have to it'll summon some things and you have to fight those before you can finish fighting it exactly (laughs) so you know and then after you do that um uh you know you end up concluding episode one uh you get the uh girl back and that's about it for that one i don't think you get the girl back oh you don't no, I don't think. Thank you. I think they just leave that. Ah, they leave it hanging. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like for um, this episode structure is questionable. I think <laughs> um, because they're not separate stories. It's just like episode two. The plot of this one is okay. Well, we're investigating the stuff from episode one, but also this. Right? Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, episode two begins uh, with. Uh, this reporter lady showing up, uh, Tai, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she has another name, but he, Narumi calls her Tai for some, whatever. Uh, that they have some kind of past and they're, you know, doing this flirt thing. Uh, very, very broad kind of stereotypical, like old timey detective stuff. Um, I should just talk for a moment about the localization of this game. Um, they're very much shooting for a period thing with lots of uh, kind of uh, film noir uh, slang and that sort of thing. I don't know how well it works. Uh, I think they overdo it a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, it's, it's very, you know, uh, it's definitely better than your like, uh, nineties localizations and stuff, but it also 
does feel a bit first drafty in places and you get some awkward phrasing. Um, well, there's this one side quest uh, in this chapter where uh, you like uh, buy a lucky charm from a hobo and he's singing the Friends theme song to himself. Uh, the TV show Friends from the 90s. <laughs> uh, very clear. It, it, I, I have a screenshot of that with Cher. What, what I, I do not understand that logic. I'm sure it was some Japanese song in the Japanese version, and the translator just thought that would be funny. <laughs> um, which it's not, but it is weird. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have a point there. <laughs> I guess but, it made uh, so anyway. more sense in... I mean, the game came out in 2006. Like Th- That was still well... Like, when did Friends end? Like, yeah. that was definitely after Friends ended. That was... Okay. No, that was... That, yeah, that was definitely... That was when I graduated high school. So, yeah. No, Friends was well over at that. Um, um, j- May 6, 2004. So, yeah, yeah. That ran later than I thought. Just an odd so, choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, that's... That was the only song you could think of, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway... So uh, the uh, reporter lady shows up and kind of flirts with Narumi a bit. Um, like the game, the way it sets up Narumi, it's like, oh, he's such a cool private detective guy. He's being so, and then he's just like, okay, Raidu, go, go investigate this. I'll be here. <laughs> um, I'm a detective. Uh, so high school student who can summon demons, please go investigate everything. Yeah. I th- he even says stuff like, well, because you have demons, this should be easy. Yeah, for some um, reason, I get kind of an almost dorky impression, like someone who's really trying to be cool, but he's not really. Like, I don't yeah, know, that no, was I, me. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, uh, little note, uh, like uh, in the cutscene that first introduces him, like the plaque on his door underneath it says, cut the Gordian knot, which um, is a reference to the uh, legend with Alexander the Great where he slices through a supposedly ununtieable knot and it symbolizes him like being a prophesized ruler or something. It's just, it's kind of a metaphor for Occam's razor. Ah, gotcha. Uh, just, you know, cut to the, well, not exactly Occam's razor. That's, it's like just, you know, if you have a problem, just cut right through it. it I don't know. It seems like a thing a nerdy guy would put on his detective agency to sound cool. Exactly. That he sounds awesome. He cuts right to the <laughs> yeah. chase and <laughs> Yeah, I'm like a sword from ancient Greece. <laughs> I'm gonna have this quote in English about this ancient Greek guy on my door. <laughs> that, that no one can read in this country. <laughs> yeah. So I I think your interpretation of him is this guy who's really trying totally uh bears out. So anyway, so the reporter lady uh, tells you that um, she wants you to investigate this mysterious red cape character who, uh, like, made a scene at a local restaurant. Um, and it's, uh, you look at the picture and it's clearly the, uh, the demon thing that Kiyoshi turned into at uh, the mansion just a moment ago. Uh, so you go off to investigate it. Uh, and then this unlocks, like, um, some new regions of the city, um, that you go. So you head over to the restaurant. On the way, you meet a lady who's like, hey, did you see an accident the, uh, on the last full moon? My husband got run over and I'm looking for answers. Well, you can say like, yeah, whatever. And she's like, okay, well, I guess you didn't see anything. Thanks for helping. Bye. And walks away. Surely this won't be relevant later. <laughs> um, so you go to the restaurant and you talk to the owner uh, and ask her some questions. Uh, 
for some reason, you ask her about the uh, Dido- Didoji family, um, and she says, oh, yeah, the guy who uh, drives the rickshaw for us knows them really well. You should go talk to him. Uh, so you head to the district where he lives, um, and then some Yakuza guys are like, hey, you shouldn't be here. This is our turf. You have to go into the bathhouse and talk to our boss. Um, so then you go into the bathhouse uh, and punch some guys. <laughs> um like in this very easy combat thing, you just press square button, punch out some Yakuza. Uh, and you're not wearing clothes in this scene because it would be silly to wear clothes in the bathhouse, except you do still have your hat. <laughs> uh, and the most important the, thing, uh, that's all that matters. Yeah. And the, the boss, the Yakuza, shows you he's cool because the first thing he says is, who wears their hat in a bathhouse? Which is a good question. Um, but he's actually very helpful. Um, yeah, just very helpful guys. Oh yeah. You want to go talk to him? He's over there. Go ahead. You're all right. Uh, also, if you need help later, come to me. We know stuff. Bye. (laughs) Um, so you head over to, uh, rickshaw guy's house. Uh, but then some like of those demon soldier dudes pop out and throw you into the demon world and you have to fight some soldiers um, which are pretty, and then you come across a man in a cage or like in a jail cell who need to free. Um, I don't think it's revealed at this point that this is the rickshaw guy, but you just sort of assume that it is because that would make sense. Uh, but his cell is locked. So you need to go buy a lock pick. So you go back to the regular world, uh, go back to the store, uh, to buy a lock pick. Uh, I feel like this is probably the game telling you to fuse demons again. Because uh, it's just very, like, here, go back to the place where you've used demons and buy this thing. <laughs> um, and so you do, you buy a lockpick, uh, and then you go back. But, oh no, uh, guards have moved around, so you now have to go around and get to the guy in the jail cell. Um, you do this, and there are some little puzzles where, like, uh, you need to have one of your demons with the flight ability go fly down a river uh, and unlock a door for you and then send back a boat. I like, I want to say that's a puzzle, but it's not (laughs) because you just use an ability and move forward. But you know, it's better than just endless corridors and teleporter mazes. So that's fine. Uh, Oh, a little thing I don't think we addressed was um, that in the dungeon kind of dark world version, uh, which is a very clever way to let them reuse maps as dungeon incidentally, uh, uh, there are just like random demons hanging around that you can talk to, um, which is not a thing you see all the time in the SMT series. And I'm always grateful for just a little dialogue to break up your dungeon crawling. Um, but yeah, so you do that, um, and you unlock the guy. He's the rickshaw guy as you suspected. Um, and then, oh, right. Before you unlock him, you have to fight those uh, red guard guys that uh, you had that unwinnable battle with at the beginning of. They're relatively challenging, but uh, if you've been going along. And so, yeah, after that, uh, you free him and uh, he wants you to find his sister before he'll help you. Uh, She apparently uh, ran off with a taxi driver. It's commentary on modernization that the man who drives the rickshaw, uh, sister ran away with the taxi driver because cars are replacing the rickshaw. <laughs> um, it's very subtle. I wrote, yeah, I, I, I noted that uh, when I was just playing the game and taking notes, not realizing that 
the game that the game would not leave it that subtly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that oh no no that's uh, why subtext when you can text. <laughs> um, so he gives you a picture of his sister. Uh, it seems like most of the detective work in this game is people giving you photographs of things and then you showing those photographs. Uh, so he gives you the picture, uh, go around, talk to people. You show it to uh, the Yakuza guy who said, hey, we can find people. We're good at that. And he explains that um, she had been working in the red light district, hint, hint, as a entertainer of some oh. sort, hint, hint, uh, to pay for her husband who was injured's medical bills. Hmm, perhaps this is the woman you met earlier talking about her injured husband. Um, we'll see. Uh, and he's like, okay, well, you're a kid. Uh, let's not send you into the red light district. Just go to the edge and meet her. I'll, like, have her come over and talk to you. <laughs> uh, so you meet up with her. It is the same woman. Uh, and now she's asking you to find, the, find out who attacked her husband. Um, so you're like four quests deep at this point. Uh, well, just, yeah. You have to find a thing so that someone will tell you how to find the thing so someone will... Um, yeah, so you go and start investigating uh, who attacked her husband. So you meet up with uh, the reporter lady from earlier at the Soda Joint, uh, <laughs> which is weird because this game is rated M for mature. <laughs> and it's a bar. This is a bar. It's a soda bar. <laughs> yeah, it's That's just what bar. they did. <laughs> I, I'm just confused about that. Um, like, okay, yeah, Final Fantasy, it's juice, whatever. <laughs> like, no, this. this uh. <laughs> I I just don't know. So you talk to her, and she's like, oh yeah, people have been getting uh, hit by cars uh, near the overpass during the full moon. So you head over there and walk around waiting for the full moon. Oh yeah, game has a full moon cycle. Um, as is traditional for the series. They really do manage to translate most of your classic SMT mechanics into the action RPG framework. Mm -hmm. um, with um, here, the moon cycle, uh, like it influences which demons you can capture at which points. I think you can only capture like skill type demons during a full moon and other demons you can't catch during a full moon. Yeah. And some other stuff like that. Um, oh yeah, and... Uh, Summoning demons still does cost magitagitite or whatever you call it. Ah, yeah, that's um, right. Magnetite. Yeah, that stuff. So um, <laughs> although, uh, like, in what I've played so far, I've always had, like, a million times more than it costs to do anything. Um, so I, I'm not sure how effective that particular mechanic is. Like, I have several thousand, and you're telling me it costs three <laughs> to summon a demon. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you, you go to, uh, the overpass, wait for the full moon and a car demon attacks you. Hmm. Real subtle. Uh, you beat the car demon, uh, and the plot twist, the car demon's like, wait, I thought you were the one who attacked me earlier. Oh my God. I got attacked <laughs> the, the other night and I thought you were the guy who attacked me. Uh, I really wanted to fight him. Uh, but yeah. Here's this uh, rickshaw knob that came off of his vehicle when he attacked me. Um, hmm. Well, who knows about rickshaws? Probably the rickshaw guy. So you go looking for him, but he's not at his house. Um, you go looking for him. You talk to his sister and she's like, oh, my God, that's his rickshaw knob. That means he ran over her husband. Um, 
okay, you can recognize a knob on your brother's rickshaw. <laughs> um, and here you can give her uh, the lucky charm that you bought from that friend's hobo. Uh, apparently that changes how things end in this quest. I did it, so I don't know exactly what the difference is, but that's what one of the walkthroughs said. So, uh, you guys uh, do the lucky charm thing or no? I believe I did that as well, because I tend to get really thorough when I play uh, RPGs, so I don't really know what the difference would be otherwise. That's something that we should probably look into. <laughs> Maybe. I <Yeah>. don't know. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. As well. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we can look into that. And if it's something interesting, we'll bring it up on the next episode. And if we don't, you can assume it was just like a changed line of dialogue. Exactly. Um. Yeah, this is really a game that does reward just kind of walking around the town and looking for stuff. You get, like, a lot of cool and interesting stuff and fun dialogue, which I like. It's good stuff. Um, so um, you continue looking around, um, and then at some point you see that red cape monster run by and disappear into, like, the demon world. So you go into the demon world and follow him. You do some stuff there, blah, blah. And, uh, like, you move a car using one of your demon's abilities. It's whatever. Uh, and then you fight him. Uh, and it turns out that uh, the red cape here was the rickshaw guy, which was actually kind of surprising because you had assumed it was Kiyoshi because you saw him transform into that. Or at least I did. Maybe I missed something. Um, and he explains that he did it because he hates cars because he's a rickshaw driver and modern stuff is bad. Um, and he feels bad about running over his sister's husband. <laughs> um, okay. Um, yep. And then he finally tells you the most important thing that you could have learned no other way, that uh, Kiyoshi is probably at his factory, the factory he owns. <laughs> <laughs> so you should go to the factory he owns to find him. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, that's the end of episode two. Um this one was more like an episode. You did have your whole little investigation of this woman's husband getting run over by the guy who hates her brother. Um, but yeah, so that's episode two. And you return to investigating the Daijo. So, all right. So yeah, basically the, um, this whole thing, it's a pretty short episode. Um, fighting these um, Matryoshka dolls, like kind of mini bosses that are scattered around like... Um, this uh, sort of weird area, like so it's like a labyrinth sort of. So you have to find the shards as you're fighting these things to get to Kiyoshi. Uh, it's called a matrix labyrinth. Excuse me. So once you you know find the shards and complete everything, you find Kiyoshi, who is about to reveal everything when a demon explodes out of him. And um, this <laughs> it's a uh, a Rasputin-looking beard man reveals himself surprisingly to be Rasputin. So that was that was cool. <laughs> Definitely a surprise, absolutely. Uh. Yeah, no, when I when I first saw him, I was like, oh, that guy looks like Rasputin. And then his second line is, I am Rasputin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> uh, so then he explains that uh, the, the demon or whatnot came out of Kiyoshi. It's called a Hiroku. Uh, and the red cape is sort of an intermediate form of, of that. Uh, and then the final state is the weird thing that exploded out of him. 
Uh, and of course, you know, um, the person also confirms that this, that the girl is very important, which we kind of already knew anyway. Um, then we got a nice boss fight. So, uh, I don't, yeah, the boss fight, it was pretty easy. You know, you just have an ice demon, attack the weakness, and you should be pretty good. Um, if you're level 30, that should be around the level. You know, if you've been fighting all the encounters, whatever, you're fine, basically. Uh, so it turns out that Kiyoshi isn't exactly dead, uh, just real messed up, which, you know, I would, I'm just more surprised he's not dead, so. Yeah, he really seemed like he should be. <laughs> yeah, just exploded, so. <laughs> yeah, like, oh man, a demon came out of his back. Well, obviously, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like if the guy, you know, an alien, like, after the thing came out of his chest, just got up and was like, oh man. <laughs> oh, God, I feel awful. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's also implied that he's a good dude because his employees uh, rush him to the hospital. So, there's that. And then, um, yeah, basically, uh, that's... And then you end up in the detective agency again once all that wraps up. And that wraps up the surprisingly short episode three. And uh, that's where we're going to leave the plot for this one, because um, we did spend some time talking about mechanics and general overall theme, uh, more plotty stuff as we figure out what was up with those mysterious guys mm -hmm. <laughs> and why Rasputin is there <laughs> and why the girl is important. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, I guess I can close out the show here if no one else has anything else they want to say. No, not at this time. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this has been Mega Ten Marathon, a Shin Megami Tensei and Persona podcast. You can check us out at megatenmarathon.com. Remember to subscribe and like us on the uh, iTunes. Apple podcast reviews are good, that are good. Um, yeah. So uh, I've been Alex Dorado-Wolf. I'm Elisa James. And I'm Paul Davis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll see you uh, next week. or Not next week, God, not next week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see ya next time we'll see ya yeah, <laughs> next time next time we'll be covering the next few chapters of this game um oh one last thing if you're playing along with the game uh if you press the r1 button uh there is an option to warp back the detective agency that will save you a lot of time ah uh, there we go and i didn't notice it for a while so do that <laughs> it, it, it really helps with the backtracking, and it is such a nice feature that they so easily could have forgotten. To. Nice. All right. Good podcast, everybody.